All right. Welcome back to the Positive Deposit Podcast, where we transform minds to change lives. I am your host, Presley Nelson Jr., and I'm so excited today, um, not only because we are in National Cancer Survivors Month, but um, I got a special guest. He's a fellow bison. And, you know, one thing is, is that the reason why we have the podcast is to allow cancer survivors such as myself and others share their journey, share the positive things that they accomplish throughout their journey, just to inspire um, other cancer survivors or people that recently got diagnosed. So they have that inspiration and, and same hope that we have. So, um, man, so I have Craig Johnson, Bison, St. Jude, you see the background, you see what is going on. You know, um, before we start, um, any words that you'd like to say before we, you know, get right into it? Uh, like I told you, man, earlier, uh, just thank you for this opportunity. Um, thank you for to be here. And this is something that I want to do in general. Um, the movement that you own is something that I live by. Um, positive deposits into the world. Hey, That's see? That, <laughs> yeah. so you can't make it into the, in this world if you don't have positivity. I'm a huge believer in having that energy around you and speaking into existence. So. This is it's a great opportunity, man. So thank you. Oh, no problem. It's my pleasure, man. You were you were highly recommended to be on this 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 show. So, you know, um, I'm honored as well because I was just reading some of your story, man. You know, I know you probably looked at mine, but you you're quite amazing, man. And so um we're just gonna jump right into it. Um I wanna just ask you, man, you know, like we all there's always the awarenesses of like breast cancer, prostate, you know. Um but you don't really hear too much about, you know, childhood cancer awareness. Why is yeah. it important that that awareness has the same highlight as, you know, breast cancer or prostate? Um, well, I don't know if I'm a little biased, but at the same time, it's something that I, I feel is very true. Uh, working with St. Jude and having um, been a patient at St. Jude, the founder, Danny Thomas, um, one of his famous sayings in the, saying for the hospital is a child shouldn't die in the dawn of life mm. so in other words you know people we are adults everyone is uh we, we've grown up but we're shaped by our childhood yeah um, if a child doesn't have that opportunity to live where we are you know it's, it's tough so as much as we can do to spread the awareness get people to donate and be a part of even just volunteering um anyway any shape or form, you know, it, that's adding a positive deposit into someone else's life. And uh, yeah, so you trying to get a job, man. You trying to you trying uh, to come on? Cause cause I, I, I feel the energy. We're gonna have to talk after this, but you know, I'm feeling the energy, but I mean it's important, you know, like um, and so that that kind of segues into tell us about your journey, man, because you were probably what 14, 15? Yeah, 15. 15 all transpired. 15, 15. Tell us about your journey, um, and what happened. Okay, um, well, I'm a guy, I, I played sports my whole life. Um, I could probably remember playing sports probably around three or so, three or four years old, starting with um, t-ball and soccer, okay. uh, played a little football, basketball, everything. So I've been playing sports probably my whole life. Jack of all trades, I see. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> so you know what I'm saying? So uh, around high school, uh, you know, they, they basically get you on the track to figure out what you want to, like, what you gonna focus on? And growing up in right. Baton Rouge, Louisiana, um, you know, being a, a African American male, 
my parents are both African Americans. Um, my my great grandfather, he's a Senegalese, but that's kind of the, the closest foreign um, ancestor that I know. So right. soccer isn't big in my family. It's obviously not big in um, Louisiana, but that's my love. That's one of my my true loves and passions. So once I got to high school, um, I made the decision to focus on soccer and focus on baseball instead of uh, basketball and football, just because, you know, I like to be different. Um, it was what I, yeah. I was used to anyway. And uh, so did very well my freshman year in high school playing soccer. Um, I was the only freshman to start varsity. Um, and I played soccer year round around that time. So basically like my AAU soccer team, we had a rec team in the summer. And uh, during that practice, one of my teammates, who was actually a, a cousin of mine, he knocked me down. Uh, mm. But the fortitude that I have, like, I've always been an older soul. So I was one of the youngest on that team, um, but I was the captain. So for me, right. it was like, you know, I'm going to lead by example. You knock me down. I'm going to continue through practice, you know, like everything is normal. Now, um, was, that, was that knocked down, like, on some, you know, like, cousin, I, I know you <laughs> under me, but. Okay, okay, okay. You know, that's my other cousin, but to this day, but like we still tight here, twins. So it's okay. always it's always been us trio. Like that's who I started playing soccer with. Him yeah, and his brother. So um, and his older brother played with my older siblings. So it's really been a family thing with the okay. soccer connection. So um, but he knocked me down. You know, I shook it off. Uh, he actually knocked me down. It was a get back knockdown. To be honest, which I can see. I, I told you. It. I told you. <laughs> it was a, it was a get back one for sure. But um. So he knocked me down, I shook it off. Um, but I just felt like weird at the practice, like the adrenaline like laid off. Um, and I just, something just didn't feel right. So our coach took us home and uh, I was laying on the couch. Mom was like, probably just a little out of shape, son. You know, just go, yeah. go, uh, go soak. I'm the youngest of six. And like I said, all my six family. Yeah. So. She used to it. That's how she she raised us. You know, it was tough love, but at the same time, she was very nurturing. So she just was like, go soak. You'll be all right. Um, so I went to go get in the tub, and I looked down, and I noticed that I had a, a, a knot the size of, like, a plum. Ooh. It's big inside, like, uh, between my abdomen and, um, like, my, my lower stomach region. So, yeah, uh, once I saw that, I, I almost fainted, for real, like, you know, it's something that you wouldn't, you know, and that's that's too close to the important stuff, you know. So um, <laughs> I definitely was was extremely scared. Called my screen for my mom, um, and from playing sports, I probably had a sports hernia. But every time I went to the doctor, um, it never stayed down for them to actually examine it and you know give me the surgery that I needed properly. So. It would always take like me getting knocked down a hard hit for for my stomach to hurt, but it would never stay down long enough for them to actually give me uh, the true diagnosis yeah. that I needed. So this one time, you know, thankfully it actually stayed down. My doctor, who was a friend of the family, told my mom to um, we ice it that night. He'd see me in the morning. So from from that, we went to the doctor that morning, confirmed it was a sports hernia. Went to the general surgeon, who my grandfather. Um, his birthday was August 27th, which was the day that I went to the doctor and um, the general surgeon. He was celebrating five years um, of being cancer free. He had what kind of cancer, cancer did he have? He had colon cancer. Colon. Yes, sir. So it's uh, so you know, 
we we didn't even really get to celebrate his birthday because we all trying to figure out what was going on with me. Um, so I was in the hospital that day, but uh, I was at the general surgeon. I'm laying down on the examining table, and it was struggling to breathe. Like I really couldn't breathe. I was it was hurting. It was painful, and um, and those are two different regions of the body: your abdomen and you know your intestines. That doesn't necessarily have anything to do with your lungs or your exactly. upper body type of area. So um, he ran an ultrasound up my side and he saw my spleen was was swollen and it was uh, slightly torn. Ooh. So um, from there, I was rushed. What, how did you feel when you heard that news? Like, you know, you oh, man. Like, you know what I mean? Like, when I heard that, it was, uh, it's the athlete in me. So immediately I'm thinking like, oh, man, all right. What's, how I'm going to recover so I can get back to this? Because, and my thinking is, um, our summer season is about over. We was towards the end of the season. This um, is late August. So school soccer, we're about to start training for that, like, in the upcoming weeks. So I'm thinking, and like I told you, I was the only freshman to start varsity. And um, I was one of the players to watch in the city, like, because, you know, a sophomore on a team that's pretty good in the city at McKinley High School, um, at the time we were, we were very good. Uh, one of the best teams in the city. So for me to be that young and actually be, you know, vital on that team, it was it was a blow to everyone. So I'm thinking like, all right, I'm just gonna be able to be out a couple of weeks maybe and right, be right. back into it. So uh yeah, they they got me to the hospital that day for a blood transfusion because they're thinking hopefully the spleen will heal on its own from this blood transfusion, especially since it's slightly torn. And if wow. it's really torn the blood is going to continue to leak. Yeah. So um, we did the blood transfusion. The first one, you know, started to take good. And then the second one looked really good. So my doctors and um, my parents, they were having a conversation uh, like the morning of the 28th. So the day after my grandfather's uh, birthday. Um, and meanwhile, I still had this sports hernia, so I couldn't walk around or anything. Right. Um, so they're talking, a nurse walking by randomly hearing that conversation, did a random blood culture. And um, and I was hearing the conversation between them in my sleep. Like, this is early, early in the morning, maybe like four or five in the morning. And they talking, you know, everything is sounding like it's on the up and up. I'm going to be good, you know. Um, and... A few hours later, my mom was at work. It was just my grandfather at the hospital with me. Uh, the St. Jude has an affiliate clinic in Baton Rouge, and the head of that affiliate clinic was Dr. Sheila Moore. She uh-huh. came into my office, I mean, to my room at that time, and she was like, you know, is my mom here? Um, she needed to talk to her. I was like, no, she was at work. And right. She was like, you know, she was going to give her a call and everything. And, you know, from then I kind of knew something was up. So I asked her, you know, how long does do she think I'm gonna be out with the spleen? She was like, she's not sure. Uh, but once my mom gets back, you know, she had more information for me. And um, my mom got back. Next thing you know, they let me know I had cancer, leukemia. Twenty-seven percent of my blood cells were cancerous. Um, I had a PSP. I, I remember this like it was yesterday. I had a PSP, and Hurricane Gustav was about to hit. Baton Rouge the very next day. Um, and so we had to rush out of Baton Rouge. But I remember when they told me I was playing 
NBA 2K Live. Okay, uh, yeah. Oh, I'm a gamer too. I respect, yes, it. Sir. So, respect it. And the irony of it is I was playing with the Memphis Grizzlies at the time. And ironically enough, that's why I ended up coming um, two days later, being, being here. So when you said, um, you know, that 27%, how is there, is there leukemia, does it have stages, you know? Is it, you know, what is 27%? For those that won't know what that is, you know, is that good? Is it bad? Is it too much? You know? Started early, thankfully. Um, but at the same time, more than likely, I was about to start getting sick soon. Um, just from the things that led up to it. Uh, me being healthy, I've always been one of my mom's healthiest kids. Like, I never really got sick growing up. Always ate, ate like salads and stuff. Like, even right. if we went to McDonald's, I'm going to order a side salad and maybe like six nuggets instead of something like, you know, So you're terrible, making your own terrible. chicken Caesar salad at McDonald's. That's what yeah, you're doing. <laughs> at, at, at like nine, ten years old, you know what I'm wow. saying? So that was always kind of like my mentality. So for me to be knocked down at practice and uh, be hurt, that was kind of weird. But then the next day finding out my spleen was swollen and actually torn, you know, those are signs of uh, my body is trying to fight fight something off. Um, so thankful. Like, I'm, I'm so thankful for my cousin. Yo, wasn't it, out, wasn't it a blessing? Wasn't it a blessing that that random nurse kind of overheard and said, you know what, I'm going to do something right. You know what I mean? That don't yeah. sound right. And sometimes we don't have that those those guardian angels, right? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They could have just sent you home and, oh, it's just, you know, a sports hernia. But you God was watching over you, man. That, man. I don't know whoever that nurse is. I don't know if you ever met her. But that was that was your guardian angel, man, because she – Never she got to meet her. Blood culture, you know? Yes, like seriously, because um, preliminary, they were telling me I was going to be out for like eight weeks max. And so that was the first time I cried. And that was before I even – that's before I even got diagnosed. Yeah. So when they diagnosed me, I was kind of – excuse me, I think I was kind of like numb to it because in my mind I'm still thinking eight weeks and not necessarily thinking like no, my man, you got cancer. Like you're about to your your life is about to change drastically. Um and even still to this day it don't necessarily hit me all the way. Like I I am so thankful to be alive, but it's still yeah. like, man, I can't believe, you know, I've been I've been blessed to make it thus far, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, you got the diagnosis, right? Um, you talk about St. Jude's, right? So sure. they got the world class treatment. You know, so oh, tell us what that world-class treatment is, because when I was going through, you know, I was at Providence Hospital, right, you know, down there on Brooklyn, you know, a little okay. small room, you know, not as comfy as Kaiser. I should have switched insurances, but I didn't know. But what what is that world-class treatment like? Do they have a red carpet for you when you come in? Oh, like, it, what is that? it feels you know, like how it, is it, it like definitely feels going like, there. Um, well, speaking of guardian angels, man, I, I would be remiss if I don't talk about my siblings, all of my siblings, man. I love them so much. I wouldn't be here if, if it wasn't for them. Um, yeah, that's important. That time, yeah, that family in general, uh, especially my siblings, like we're all so tight. Uh, but at the time, my, my only sister, she was working at Delta. Um, okay. And like I told you, well, Delta and St. Jude at the time had a partnership. So, but those that don't know, Families don't pay for anything. So they, when, you talk, when I'm talking about that red carpet treatment, that's what it feels like. So travel, transportation, me flying from Baton Rouge to Memphis, 
That's wow. my mom doesn't have to pay for that. It's not on any of my family. It's not an insurance. None of that. It's St. Jude take care of takes care of that. Um, when I stayed here, I stayed at the Ronald McDonald House when I when I uh, was actually uh, released from the hospital um, and doing my protocol here. So I stayed at the Ronald McDonald House. That's free. wasn't on wasn't wow. on my family. Wow. Three meals a day. Saint now was Jude. it like the, the the lunch meals like out out the the cab at Howard or it's uh, like well I mean you know I cab some days is good some days is not but see at St Jude anytime someone asks me about like my favorite place the cafeteria variety okay. of foods and I mean fresh quality foods and because um the protocols when you first start, I mean, the chemotherapy tears down, you know, your immune system. So you yeah. can't eat anything that hasn't been cooked um, right. more than an hour. You know, so if right, it's right. sat out an hour or longer, you can't eat that. So fresh food all, all the time. And, um, you know, if you're a patient, all patient family members, they make it, you know, whatever you want. Let me ask you, though, um, before you continue, do you have to have a certain insurance? You know, did you have to have insurance or... Like say for example, you don't have insurance. Would St. Jude's take you still? You know, if they they or you know, is it a referral program? Like, like is it is it a referral program. Okay. Um, but also the families that that are referred here, a lot of them are, are drastic situations, crazy cases. Um, if you don't have a, a local um, cancer hospital, because the great thing about St. Jude is they share their research. So. Okay. Um, you know, you don't necessarily have to be treated here to get the same kind of treatment. Okay. Okay. So, um, awesome. But yes, it's it's second to none, second to none treatment, and I mean, it all starts starts from the founders. You know. Yeah. Like, you believe in now, no child should die. Your treatment obviously involved chemotherapy. Um, what were your side effects with the type of chemo chemotherapy you got for your uh, diagnosis? Um, some of the Main side effects is uh, insomnia. Um, sometimes I, I struggle with uh, with eating, and okay. also uh, AVN was one of something that I had. Uh, I forgot how you to say AVN. AVN. I forgot how to properly pronounce it, but I'm gonna try it. It's uh, avovascular av av vascular necrosis. But basically, okay. it's um. This, the chemotherapy and the steroids, they weaken your joints. So like mm. knees, elbows, ankles, um, wrists, things like that. So you're most susceptible to uh, bone breaks or having wow. pain. So that was something that um, that affected me early on. But thankfully, we caught that early. Thank okay. uh, and I think that's just because me being an athlete, like recognizing yeah. things in my body, even though very only on, I still couldn't, once me being diagnosed and knowing that I had cancer, I couldn't get the uh, hernia fixed. So oh, wow. it basically had to heal on its own um, to a certain extent, but it obviously had to get surgically fixed and it wasn't able to do that until uh, my body showed no cancer in the blood. So um, that, I didn't have that surgery until the summer. Um, after I was diagnosed, so like summer two thousand nine. So, so you got you, so those are some of the side effects. Um, while you were at the hospital, um, you know, did they have like any other little programs and things of that nature to keep you busy, or you know, was it just hey, here's your food, you know, we'll check up on oh, you. No. Talk about the other parts, because I, I, you know, 
already Definitely. the flight benefits. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, oh man. Family. Um, like what? What other perks? You know. This is my my mom calls St. Jude the Disneyland for sick kids. <laughs> she, she calls it that. Know. You know, somebody hearing that in past will be like, "What?" But it's a place, and you could kind of understand this because you you are how bicycle. You know. Yeah. It's a spiritual connection when you come to that campus. It's that 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 when you walk on campus, you feel that energy. Yes. So like yes. at St. Jude's, it's the same. That it's a different feel of it's a different level feel. of treatment and comfort. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I mean, it, and it it speaks to the history of the hospital. I mean, uh, being founded, it has the first sickle cell grant. Um, it was basically it was founded because it's the first integrated hospital in the south. Literally, oh, wow. that was that was Danny Thomas's dream. You know, to, to no child should die in the dawn of life. Man, not, shout out not, to Danny Thompson. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't matter what color they are. Um, he he went he died with an article of a child, um, a black child who who passed away from a a, a bike injury, if I'm not mistaken, and he couldn't get those injuries fixed because he was black, and that was mm -hmm. that was one of the things that inspired Danny Thomas to open this hospital here in Memphis in the South. Um, and so once, once you come to campus and you feel that and you see it, uh, it's nurses, it's the cafeteria workers, everyone has a smile on the face, everyone that greets you literally from the, from the airport, um, you know, they get your itinerary and they know that, you know, you're a first time patient here. So I remember, um, like I said, thankfully my siblings, so my brother, he happened to meet, my brother C happened to meet us here, me and my mom at the airport here. He rode with us to the hospital. They admitted us in. Um, they stayed with me while I was inpatient at the hospital. And they went with me to the Ronald McDonald House when I moved there. But yeah. the nurses were the best nurses in the world. Um, once I was able to actually interact at the hospital, they had something. I was a teenager when I was diagnosed. So they have something called a teen, teen, teen room. Um, they had Xbox 360 and PlayStation. Three at the time was the, was the hottest gaming system. But you was in heaven. So they had that. Yeah. So it's it was it's everything that you can imagine while you're going through the storm of your life. Yeah. You know, they they do everything to make it to ease that pain of not only the patient but also the, the family as well. Um, Amen. So I can Amen. even remember like uh, for spinal taps. Um, you know. The anesthesia, obviously, for adults, they don't get anesthesia for spinal taps. They have to go through that pain. But they yeah. try to alleviate that for, for their patients. Um, doing MRIs, being able to watch a movie while I'm getting um, a scan or something, or being able to listen to music while I'm getting scanned. Yo, that's... That's that's lit, man. I wish I would yeah. be able to watch a movie while you're getting an MRI, man. Like, that's, nah, that's next level. I was able to watch Like Mike. Mm -hmm. See that's so now I see why you said that was world class treatment. Now we're gonna class. switch gears, right? Because you know you had the, your experience at St. Jude's, but they helped you actually graduate high school early, and then you come to become a bison, right? Yes, sir. So talk to us about you know juggling classes, but then you got to go to Howard Hospital for treatment. Um. Well, I, I think that kind of energy is, is instilled in me. Like I said, the youngest of six, um, three out of my older siblings graduated high school early. So I just wanted to fall in line. Well, I kind of had to fall in line. 
Um, my mom graduated high school early as well. So it's kind of, it was kind of like family tradition. Um, and like I said, tough love. Knowing I couldn't play sports at the time, she didn't want me to just get sucked into the TV and video game world, which is something that's, you know, going to be natural. Um, just growing up in, you know, in our era. But at the same time, she was a stickler about me being on school. Her famous yeah. saying is, uh, academics comes before athletics in the dictionary and in my house, which, you know, that is very your, true. Your, your mom <laughs> dropping them quotables. Okay. Yeah, so um, <laughs> definitely, definitely. Have I got to teach my daughter so, that, you know, if she yeah. becomes... You know what I mean? Uh, athlete, academics um, comes before athlete, athleticism yes, in the dictionary. Okay. Yes, sir. You know, she says that according to her and Webster. So, you know, it got to be true. That's what yeah, she yeah. So, so, what, so um, the transition wasn't hard then. You know, you were just continuing no. your treatment. Now, how was, so was Howard, How now I'm not trying to, you know, tear down our alma mater, but I'm sure Howard Hospital was not as world class as St. Jude's. Did you follow? Uh, it's not the same. It's not the same at all. I'm not gonna lie, but at the same time, I knew I knew what I was coming to, uh, going into the situation. So, okay. like I said, none of our we didn't have to pay for any of my treatments. Um, so, during the St. Jude schooling program, um, I received a I got a 29 on my ACT, uh, 1400 on my SAT. So I was able to get into every school that I applied to. From Duke to Harvard to Baylor, Fam, Morehouse. Um, so when I was doing my my tours, I wanted to go to a place that one, my mom didn't know this at the time, but I wanted to play soccer. Like I knew that was a dream in the far, far back of my mind, like being able to play soccer, but also being a place where a hospital wasn't too far from campus. Yeah. Um Howard had everything I wanted. I always I've always been a person that loves our people. Uh, loves African-American culture and wanted to be surrounded by it. And uh, my, my siblings went to HBCUs. My mom is a product of HBCUs. So yeah. I just knew, I know and knew what HBCUs could do for a young African-American male. Um, so going to Howard, meeting the people, seeing the beautiful um, soccer field, and then meeting Dr. Rana at, um, at Howard University Hospital. He's a pediatrician there. And uh, we hit it off. That's like my uncle. Um, yeah, it's yeah. not St. Jude, but I still got. I felt the love that I felt in Memphis because I went there twice a week. So I got my blood drawn on Wednesdays, and I received chemotherapy on Thursdays. So okay. on Wednesdays they would they would take my blood in the um. I was at at the time I was seventeen, so I was actually going to the pediatrician office at the Howard University Hospital. So it's wow. Dr. Ryan, uh, Dr. Forrester's. I was in their office, so being surrounded by little kids. So I still kind of felt like I was at St. Jude a little bit. Okay, you still uh, had a you still had a good yeah. um, You talked about, um, you know, you, you, you got to reconnect with your first love, you know, soccer, and even go globally. How was that, man? Like, that opportunity to go to be on the team your senior year and then go go global. It's it's uh honestly man, it's all blessings. That's the only thing that I can that I can describe it. And it's it's my love because I truly feel like it's meant to be. Um yeah. obviously after finding out um I was diagnosed with cancer. I mean I worked my tail off to play my senior year in high school, did did that. 
made the team, actually ended up playing varsity a couple games at the end of the year. We made it to the playoffs. Um, so I knew I could still play. Yeah. But the NCAA, obviously me still being on um, treatment and whatnot, yeah. it was going to be a, a, a tough ride getting that um, medical clearance. Right, so right. fast forward a little bit. I came into Howard, a bio um, major, pre-med, and I wanted to be a pediatrician oncology to help kids yeah. like myself. That's dope. And I randomly took a early childhood class. Mm-hmm. And from that class, I fell in love with education. And the next semester, I met my mentor, um, Dr. Jackson, and he kind of took me under my wing and I eventually switched to the education field. But to graduate, one of the prerequisites was, you know, you got to take a PE class. So just soccer. lo and behold, I took soccer, right? I'm thinking like, so mind you, I had played soccer maybe two or three years, maybe. Um, but I'm like, I'm gonna take, I'm gonna take this class. You know, it's like riding a bike. Who knows? Right, right. Literally scored a goal, at least one goal every day in class. So around the final, like I, I didn't have to take the the final or anything. So. Cause you were that nice. Like, yeah, he was like, like bike. Just <laughs> <laughs> he put me to the side. He was like, um, "Are you on the soccer team?" I'm like, "No." Uh, he was like, "Well, why not?" I was like, "Um, you know, I kind of, I didn't necessarily tell people besides like my small circle that I was a cancer survivor because I didn't understand the power of my voice." Yeah. Um, you know, kind of matriculating through Howard until probably junior year, uh, but. Just that conversation with him led me to trying out for the Howard men's soccer team when they had a, a coaching change and he had open trials, made the team. And uh, from that, I just stayed driven to, to continue to play soccer, played in the adult league in D.C., did well, played in one in Houston, ended up finishing second place in that league in Houston. And um, I was driven to try out for a uh, – AX soccer tours in Charlotte in uh, the fall of 2017. Did well there. Spring 2018, had the opportunity to try out for a pro soccer consulting company in Houston. Did well there. They invited me to Latvia, Europe. You know, I tried out for a few teams out there, and I, I did great. Um, my coaches, they spoke high praise of me, man. And it was, it was a, a dream come true, a true blessing. Um, and it's something that, that continues to drive me to this day. Unfortunately, I suffered a, a tore a muscle in my um, hamstring mm-hmm. early 2019. So I was on the road to recovery. Um, it's ironic, I have these slight tears. So it was a slight tear, so it wasn't able to be surgically prepared. So I really just had to do PT, a lot of physical therapy and uh, strength training. And thankfully now I'm 100% healthy. And I've moved to Memphis and yeah, still still maintaining that focus and maintaining that dream, you know. That's awesome, man. Um so now now you're back where they took care of you and now you work for them, you know. Um in your position of marketing and communi- being a communication specialist, how are you able to, you know, impact the communities? And where are you at in you're in Tennessee? Yes, sir. I'm in how are you state. able to Connect. Right around the corner. Oh, okay. How are you able to, you know, help those, the the communities around you, or like, does you know what what parts of your job allows you to, you know, give back? Um. Well, 
thankfully, the organization that I work for, uh, ALSAC, which is the nonprofit sector of St. Jude, um, they they have allowed me in my specialist role to kind of craft out and mold a way to even better um, impact the communities around us and spread our message. Uh, so right now we're working on bringing St. Jude and ALSAC these opportunities to HBCUs. Um, we're gonna try it out in Atlanta um, very soon, but that's something that I helped create. And, uh, and I've been here, uh, I started in August, so I'm um, celebrating 10 months here. And I'm just thankful to, to see like me speaking up on behalf of HBCUs, on behalf of uh, patients like myself. It's all good. Yeah. It's all good, man. It happens. Being, being, you know, obviously being a young African-American male, being a product of HBCUs, and like you and I have talked about early, um, our community doesn't necessarily know about childhood cancer and how it affects us, you know? Yeah, and um, so a place like St. Jude is a place, obviously, that was, you know, originated for us and everyone. So to hear that it's still doing it today, I'm, I have a lot of pride in the job that I do. And um, so I just want to continue to bring awareness and speaking as, at, many, as, at many events as possible, um, take opportunities like this to use my voice and yeah, spread joy and positivity. And if I could do it with St. Jude behind me, it, it makes me a little bit happier, you know? Well, man, you know, like that's dope, man, that, because it takes – trailblazers like you to do that and speak up and, and show organizations like St. Jude's and any organization to, to challenge them and think outside the box of how they can make an impact. Um, so, you know, here at Positive Deposits, you see the tagline, transforming minds that change lives. If you had to give three positive deposits, you know, to inspire anyone that's going through childhood cancer, um, what would that be, man? What are, what are three things that you, you know, you would give as positive deposits to help inspire them and give them hope? Man, geez, geez, this, this is kind of tough. I, I wasn't expecting this. For <laughs> um, <laughs> sure not. Uh, I guess the first thing for me is um, having, having, having a, a positive circle. Circle, yeah. yourself in positivity. Um, and that's, I think that's all anchored in love, you know? Yeah. So whether it's your friends, your family, associates, I feel like if you have even an inkling of love in your heart, you're going to have positivity around you. You're going to be able to spread that to everyone that you come in contact with. So even if someone views you as a stranger, they can see it. It kind of it glows off of you, you know what I'm right. saying? So uh, I think definitely maintaining positivity, it's something that helped me come to where I am. Yeah. You know? uh, number two, is to have faith. Uh, having hey, faith God. in something. Yeah. Faith in something bigger than yourself. You know, um, I'm a Christian myself. So I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe in exactly. God, God himself, you know, the God Almighty. But, you know, I have a lot of friends that, that are Muslim um, and practice other religions. But, if you have faith in something bigger than yourself, from the from the religions that I know, all of them are kind of anchored in what I just said, love and yep. peace. 
and bigger than something but bigger than themselves. So if you if you can do that, then you know you can't be out here causing hurting the world because that's not going to lead to anything in the afterlife. Exactly. You know? Amen, so man. Having having some kind of faith in something bigger than yourself, and we're having that faith, you know acting upon the things that are scary so even so faith and fear to me kind of go hand in hand um so even the things that you're kind of fearful of, have faith that you could do it um me personally yeah you preaching right now i see I you preaching church, you know? <laughs> i knew i knew i could play soccer i knew i had the support system in the family around me that that you know they're gonna boost you they're gonna tell you that you're good right but i had to have the faith to go to europe and it's scary you know, Latvia is not like it's. I saw five black people the whole time I was there, outside <laughs> of the people that was in in like the few black people that was playing soccer with me. Um, right. I saw five people, and I was there for almost a month. So, right, right. You know, it was a culture shock, obviously. Uh, but still having the faith that I could do what I had to do, and and eat, you know, face that fear in the face, and go do what I had to do, and you know, it worked out perfectly for me. Um, mm -hmm. even going to Howard, you know, it's a Baton Rouge is way far from DC. So yeah. walking hand in hand, faith and fear. Um what's that last one for us? What's that last one? And if it's just two, it's okay. You know, I always give people like, you know, three is like that that trinity, you know what I mean? Do what so, makes you happy. Um, you it was spike you happy, exactly. Yeah, do what makes you happy. Happy, it all it all coincides. It's a big circle. Happiness, faith, fear, love. You gotta have those things in order for you to, to kind of to know that you're human. You know, if you don't, a lot of the things that we love, we have moments of fear with them. We don't want to lose them. You know, yeah, things like that. Um, but you gotta have faith to even reach that step of of loving somebody. So I think they all kind of work hand in hand. You know, just for myself, not just Europe. Going to Howard, um, I was blessed to receive a letter from. President and Michelle Obama upon graduating. Oh, I thought you were about to say Trump, man. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Now. Oh, no, no. I say president. You know, oh, I oh, say there you go. Okay. President say Barack Obama and First Lady Michelle Obama upon wow. graduating um, in 2016. Yeah. And just kind of congratulating me on, on pushing through that journey of being a freshman in a totally different city, far, far away from, from family. Um, I had my, my clique, uh, but that's it. But still pushing through, maintaining, um, changing my my major, playing soccer and all that to graduate. You know, it's yeah. still one of the highlights of my life, obviously. Uh, but that's something that drives me when I'm when I'm having those scary moments. Because yeah. in 2010, I would have never thought of having any kind of contact with, with any Obama. Yeah. So to get yeah. it from those two, it's like you gotta act on that. You gotta act on that faith. You gotta yeah. act on that fear. Well, yo, Craig, man, you know, it's just an honor, man. Like, I, I was already hyped when I read your bio, but just, just talking with you, man, like, um, it's just a blessing, man. And that's a survivor to a survivor. So you already part of the Howard Heroes family here at Positive Deposits already, you know. Um, where can we find you? You know, what, 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 what tags, you know, where can we find you if, if folks want to, you know, get more information about St. Jude's or, you know, anything? Tell us where we can, you know, follow you and 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 okay, um, My Instagram is the Craig Johnson. Um, 
You can email me at craig.johnson at stjude.org if you want to okay. know more information about St. Jude. In general, you can just go to stjude.org. Um, just a, a plug right, right quick. I want everybody that's tuning into this, I'm, I'm sure this is going to be afterwards, so even if it's just y'all to just spread yeah. the word. St. Jude is hosting a live stream, excuse me, on our excuse me, on our Facebook channel and our YouTube channel um, this Thursday uh, at 5 o'clock, if I'm not mistaken. You guys uh, got a flyer or something I, I, that you can send it's on my It's on my Instagram. Okay, I'll, I'll definitely repost it through uh, Positive Deposits. And, um, yeah, man, so that's it. awesome. That's awesome. I'll definitely send that to you. Um, and this is actually, this is one of our first, uh, it's a African-American focused uh, live stream. So it's going to be this gospel, R&B, and comedy. We're gonna have Ricky Smiley on there. It's one of the, one of the uh, special entertainers, but that's that's the only one that I'm gonna give you. You know, oh, I'm gonna okay. give you major. The artist major as well is gonna be there, but I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna let you tune in and, and see some of the and other the that okay. we got lined up. Yes, yeah, so you can tune in, support that. Please do. Um, no question. No yep. question. So I'm gonna definitely plug that. So if you guys are t you know tuning in and things of that nature, we got Craig Johnson, the man with the plan. You know, uh, Howard Bison, um, man, just a pleasure. And, you know, like, if you didn't catch this, you can catch us on Spotify. You know, you can catch us on um, all the most uh, popular streaming platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, um, and iHeartRadio. Um, and if you want to follow us here at Positive Deposits, our Instagram is at Positive Deposits, I-N-C underscore we have a Facebook live page. And also, too, I want you next Monday, and I, you probably saw it, to tune into that conversation about racism. We had another cancer survivor uh, who's from Canada who is um, going to, we're going to have that conversation, you know, because it's just necessary for the culture. And why not have it between two cancer survivors uh, about what's going on? And so, I mean, with that, we are only here to transform minds and change lives. So thank you, Craig. And um, we'll see you guys soon. Thank you. Take it no easy, problem. Man. No problem.